This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hello, hello. Happy holidays, Fraser. Happy holidays. It's nearly here. Uh, I'm, I bet that whenever, whenever it's the holiday time, you must feel twice as happy because it's the holidays <laughs> and everybody's happy, but also you get time off from school and kids and children excited because it's the holidays. <laughs> so mm-hmm, I can imagine, mm-hmm. I can imagine the holiday times at, at, at the your house must be must be really relaxing <laughs> well you you're speaking to me on, on the evening of the second last day of term uh, so i would like to just apologize to everybody who's listening before this show goes on for what i may or may not say please do not invest any money based on anything i say in this show um <laughs> I may get everything wrong tonight, but we're going to, we're going to do our best. <laughs> uh, so we, we wanted to go for a relatively easy topic instead of talking about complicated workflows and automation or long-form writing. We're going to round up the year by talking about the Apple Watch and the apps that we use on the Apple Watch, which models do we have, uh, the watch faces that we use, everything Apple Watch. So why don't you tell me, Fraser, your your watch history? If you Were you a watch person before? For the Apple Watch, that's my, my first question for you. That, that, that's a very good question to start with. I was I had not worn a watch for about five years. Do you remember okay. when Pop Swatch was a thing? Pop Pop Swatch. Yeah, kind of. You, you may be too young to remember this. I don't know, but that was that was the last watch that I wore on a regular basis. Was a Pop Swatch. Um, uh, my mom was, had one of those. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is one of these boundary conditions where the difference between your age and my age is going to really show up. Um, normally, we're on the same page in this, but this is one of those examples. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so I hadn't worn a watch for ages and ages and ages before that because, you know, everything in my life is, like, I'm a nerd and everything has got a clock on it, so why wear a watch? Um, but the Apple Watch really kind of got me back into wearing a watch and I think uh, I, I was really excited about the Apple Watch when it first came out. I, I sort of immediately kind of fell in love with it and I thought yeah. it was a great idea. And I had actually, now that you you asked me that question, I did actually have a Pebble Watch just before we got the Apple a Watch. Pebble Watch, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it was really a kind of um, anticipation of the Apple Watch. Like yeah, I, I almost yeah. bought it because I thought there was an Apple Watch coming and I wanted to know if I would want it by the time it came there. Um, and the, the Pebble Watch, for people who don't remember, was a kind of, it had a, an e-ink screen like a Kindle and it, it was a very sort of chunky nerd watch uh, that had sort of magnetic charging contacts on the side and, and all that stuff. And it could it could do some basic things, but it was really basic compared to what the Apple Watch is, it even was in its first iteration. Right, uh, yeah. So... I had the the Pebble Watch before then, and then I immediately got the the first generation Apple Watch, the Series Zero, uh, and then later on upgraded to the Series One, which was the next generation when you had the Series One and Two. Uh, I wasn't interested in GPS or or swimming with it or anything like that, so I just got the Series One because it was only faster. And for ev- as everybody knows, the Apple Watch Series Zero, the original one, was uh, mostly plagued by being very slow. Um, as well as being a little bit weird in software at times as well. And then just recently when the Series 3 came out, I upgraded to that as well because, and again, my motivation for doing that was just faster. It it wasn't Mm -hmm. anything else. And and I think really, in my view, the the Series 3 has really cracked the speed problem for Apple Watch. It's now now as smooth as you could want it to be. And and, um, so I don't have the cellular version, Federico. I just have the the GPS version now. Okay. uh, Mainly because in the UK, cellular Apple Watches are only available in one carrier and I'm not on that carrier. Uh, and I also, I don't really, because I don't kind of work out or go for a run or anything, I don't 
really anticipate ever leaving the house without my phone as well. So it, it wasn't as compelling to me just for the, for the use cases that it's mostly uh, suggested to be good for. So um, I I was not a watch person before the Apple Watch. I I used to wear to wear a watch when I, when I was a kid, like one of those uh, Casio uh, G-Shock, like super oh, bulky, yeah. super bulky uh, digital watch with a, with an altimeter and a bunch of features like a stopwatch. And it was super cool. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like Robocop when I when I <laughs> wore that watch. Um, but with time, you know. Um, I stopped wearing watches for the function of the watch itself. And also, I, I was never a fancy watch person. Um, I never got in. My friends did. I never, I never got into the idea of spending money to get a fancy watch. Um, I was super excited about the Apple Watch uh, when, you know, we, we had rumors about the Apple Watch for a couple of years before it actually came out. And I, I like many other people, I thought it was going to revolu- revolutionize everything, basically. Like, uh, this thing is going to be super smart. It's going to be on my body all the time. It's going to do crazy things. And it turns out, you know, the reality was it was a bit different. It was a great fitness tracker. It was great for notifications, but it was not the kind of this device is going to reinvent the human body in its first version kind of idea that we had in yeah. mind. I mean, do you remember when people, people the, the sort of the rumor was before the Apple Watch came out? It was um, I've basically Apple engineers say they've basically stopped using their iPhone because of the Apple yeah. Watch, and that hype was just. I mean, it's not untrue that you you do kind of use your phone less. You know, you don't pull out your phone every time it buzzes anymore because you've got that on your wrist. But that it was never. You know, you're not going to be doing all your productivity on the watch. That's exactly, exactly. So the 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 first Apple Watch, I don't want to say that, that it was a disappointment, but it was a reality check uh, as to yeah. how to manage the expectations for the Apple Watch. So I I went from the original Apple Watch, which uh, I remember I wanted to get a watch early, but it was not launching in Italy. So I had a mm. I had a friend buy one for me in Germany and ship it to me. It was one of those crazy things I used to do. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I moved from the original, the Series Zero, uh, directly to the Series Two when it came out, um, mm-hmm. because I want, I want, I wanted the latest one. I wanted to be faster, and and at that point, I I think I had accepted the uh, the reality of the things that I like to do on the Apple Watch, and I, and I was trying to be realistic. Like I just want something that is faster, and the latest one, I don't care. And just a few weeks ago, for the same thinking, just like you, I bought the non-cellular uh, Series Three watch because I wanted a faster watch, and I wanted Siri uh, to reply back to me with using voice. And um, I, if possible, I would have bought the cellular one, actually, because there's a very specific use case that I would like to have a cellular watch for, which is I want to walk out of the house when I'm walking the dogs, and I, it's so much convenient to have just the watch without having to to pick up my iPhone or to use my iPhone if I want to check something or reply to a message when I'm also walking two dogs at the same time. So the idea is I can just have a cellular watch on my wrist and people can still reach me. And if necessary, I can still answer phone calls. Uh, but there's no cellular watch in Italy. So um, I bought the, the non-cellular one just because it's faster, and it is faster, and it's nice that Siri talks back to me, but the cellular version, I think I would have liked much, much better. Um, so, man, fingers crossed, maybe next year. But at this point, it's not like I, I'm... If the Apple Watch with cellular comes out in Italy, let's say in March, 
it's not like I'm going to exchange or sell this one and get another one. I'll just wait for the Series 4 at this point. Yeah, I think that the cellular watch is something that really has to kind of get built out a little bit. I mean, in many countries, there's only one there's only one uh, network carrier that's doing the, the cellular watch. And I know in the UK, there's the network EE are doing a huge marketing campaign uh, around about the Apple Watch and the fact that they've got the cellular watch and nobody else does. But I wasn't about to change carriers just for that. So we'll need to wait and see how that, that builds out. Cool. So Federico, let me just dive into our first sponsor tonight and then we'll get into okay. some other questions about apps and so on. So this episode of Canvas is brought to you by Sanebox. Now, I imagine that every person listening to the show has got something that you hate about email that you receive or features of your email app. And Sanebox is here to help bridge those gaps and solve those kind of problems. It's not practical to delete just all of your email. There's important stuff in there you need to deal with, but the problem is it all looks the same. And at a glance, it's hard to decipher what messages need your attention. So wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? Imagine if the only email that lands in your inbox is stuff you actually need to see. And this is what Sanebox is all about. Sanebox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you need. And the great thing is that it works on top of your current setup with any app. All the magic happens before you ever see your email. Sanebox also has this great feature called the black hole. All you need to do is move an unwanted email into that folder and you never hear from that sender ever again. This is perfect for those mailing lists you just cannot escape from. You can also set up email reminders and snooze your email as well. Now, Federico, you're our resident sanebox mm. guru. Uh, how's it? Is it keeping you sane with all the it's holiday a, <laughs> uh, marketing messages <laughs> yes. and things that come through at this time of yes, year? Yes, exactly. Um, so I've been using sanebox almost for a year at this point. I don't know. It's been it's been a long time, and um, it's especially useful for the holiday season between Black Friday and the you know the 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 actual Christmas shopping season. There's a lot of emails, you know, marketing campaigns, newsletters that you don't actually you, you haven't signed up for you just get spam and while most email clients these days they tend to have native unsubscribe features um, some don't and in my experience they're not always super reliable whereas with the with the with the same black hole which is possibly my favorite feature of Samebox, you just move a message in that folder and you never get emails from that send from that sender ever again. You can go on the web on your Sanebox dashboard. You can actually see all the uh, email addresses that you've uh, blacklisted using the same black hole technique, and it totally works uh, because it's you know one of the benefits is I like to switch email clients a lot. I like to it's a it's a kind of market where I'm never fully satisfied, so I like to move between different apps. But Sanebox is always there because it's a service that lives on directly into my email account in the cloud in, in the actual servers. So even if I move between different email apps, it's always there. The, the folders are always there and Sanebox is always connected to my account, which is perfect for me. So I don't have to fully commit to just one email client. I can just try a bunch knowing that you know my, my emails go into the same black hole, the same later, the same news and all the other same something folders that I have. It's fantastic. Awesome. So to help you get a little more organization in your inbox, we've worked with Sanebox to get you a great deal. Just go to sanebox.com slash canvas today and you'll get a two-week free trial and an extra $20 credit just because you listen to this show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's sanebox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash canvas. We thank Sanebox for their support of this show and all of Really FM. 
So you said you don't use your Apple Watch for productivity, but I'm looking at the list of apps that you want to talk about, and this is mostly about productivity, Fraser. So I feel like you, you, you're doing yeah. quite a few things on, on this device. It, it is actually quite remarkable how... Um, how uh, how much you can get done on a watch, believe it or not. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one example. You know, iMessage is one of the big things that I think a lot of people use their watch for um, reading. But uh, I'm, as you know, I'm a teacher. And recently we, I was taking a class and we were going to the swimming pool. And one of the things about the swimming pool is you are absolutely not allowed to sit at the side of the swimming pool and be on your phone. So the phone definitely stays in the pocket. But I'm sitting there with my Apple Watch and people are, from school are texting me questions about things. And I'm actually... Um, able to reply on the Apple Watch. So I'm just on my watch and I'm just using the, the scribble feature, which is actually remarkably good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, can, you can just draw individual characters and, and sort of scratch out a message that way. Um, that That is actually a genuine use case, a productivity use case for me. Um, and that is uh, is really, really, really helpful. So that's one, one example. iMessage replying with an emoji, replying with one of the sort of pre-canned answers that they can generate on the watch or um, scratching out a message using the scribble feature, or even dictation it is not too bad, although in a noisy environment like the swimming pool, maybe a little bit more difficult to get that done. But uh, genuinely, iMessage on the watch, both reading, not just looking at notifications, but also uh, also sending messages as well is, is a really, really big one. Yeah, I may have used the scribble feature to reply to my girlfriend while I was at the dentist's and she was fixing a cavity and mm -hmm. I scribbled a message <laughs> on the watch. <laughs> and it totally worked. It totally worked. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me back to the days of Pam Pilots. I don't know if this is the mm. show where I'm really showing my age here, but um, you know, Pam, Pam Pilots used to have a, a, a mechanism for writing where uh, you could write one character at a time in a designated touch-sensitive area of the screen. And uh, the Apple Watch kind of reminds me of that a little bit. It's, it's more sophisticated than that, but uh, it takes me back to those days. So what, what, about, uh, what about actual task management? Like... Because I know you use OmniFocus, and I know that yeah. OmniFocus has a has a pretty good watch app. So I kind of want to know what what do you do on on the watch with OmniFocus? Yeah, uh, OmniFocus is one of those apps that was was always good on the watch. Even back in the days when um, most watch apps were terrible, OmniFocus was really good. And I think my my impression of the early days of Apple Watch development was that it was possible to write a good watch app even on a Series Zero watch. But you had to be a really, really good developer to get that done. Uh, and the OmniGroup are, are you know, past masters at iOS and, and Mac development. And OmniFocus allows you to do a number of things. Um, one of my favorite things, actually, is just to uh, to use its complication. It supports a range of complications on the Apple Watch, including mm -hmm. uh, a basic small one that just shows you the number of tasks that are uh, flagged and due. But you can also have the in the modular face, you can use a large one in the middle, and it'll tell you how many things you've got and what the next one is, and it'll show you in, in text on, on the face as well. Uh, you can dive into OmniFocus and what you can do, um, just actually going to pull up on my watch as we're speaking here, what you can do, you can see how many are past, how many are due today and how many are due soon, the number of flagged items, how many are in your inbox. And then there's a little bit at the bottom where you can either look at a perspective, which it follows your watch, so it uses handoff, sorry, it follows your phone, so it uses handoff to tell um, what perspective you're looking at on the phone and it will bring it up on your watch as well. So I've got one called Agenda, which is kind of my things for today. And I can tap on that and it takes me in and it shows me whatever things are due today, flagged today and so on. 
and you can go in and you can actually create new ones by dictation mm. and you can also you can also check off things you've done which is great because a lot of my life is um, and only focus is tell this person about this thing and as I'm going around school telling people about the things that I need to tell them about I can just on my watch tick them off and I don't have to sort of remember when I get back to my phone or, or back to my computer that I, I did those things and then I go through checking them all off so uh, only focus on the watch is actually it's for me it's one of the best things um and you know i like my only focus everywhere and having it on the watch is just super super cool as well do you know if it works um without uh like a phone if you can if you can talk to siri on the watch and create tasks in omni focus directly from the watch uh, because um, i know for example the things uh lets you do that you can you can you can create a task inside things with siri yeah. on the watch Yeah, I don't I don't think you can do that with OmniFocus yet. Okay. But what you can do is if you're in the OmniFocus app, you can like force press on the screen and then right. um, you can just dictate the text right into the app and, and the app will create it itself. But you've got to be inside the OmniFocus app to do it. Uh, I don't think by default. All right. I think I think my understanding is that on on the watch developer has to explicitly support yep. the Siri domain yep. Yep. Um, differently from because you can do it on on the phone with OmniFocus but not on the watch so yeah 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 i think it's a separate one i wonder if maybe with a with a home pod we'll see more developers just go all in with Siri kit because uh, you can you need to do it on the phone you need to do it on the watch you need to do it on the home pod might as well yeah. do it everywhere at this point so might as well. uh, yeah. yeah uh the next one on your list i think it's a it's a common one that we both use overcast um mm -hmm. for for podcasts and i i don't know i don't know if we have the same setup but my uh the the my basic idea is i i listen to overcast on my phone and i usually put my phone next to me when i'm washing dishes or doing something else but i want to be able to pause from the apple watch and to resume playback from the apple watch so what but do you use the overcast app or do you use the now playing um widget on on the watch Um, yeah, what what I do is I have the overcast complication on most of my watch faces, so I can mm. I can launch the app straight from the complication, and then I do whatever I, I do in the in the complication there. So, yeah, I, I generally I have turned off the feature that whenever there's a feature called something like auto launch audio apps, yeah, which will automatically bring up the now playing app uh, if you okay. start any audio. So I turn that off. And then I just use the overcast complications to get into the app directly if I need to uh, need to do some control. But I usually have my watch set to resume uh, the previous app within the hour. So my, if I go into Omni, uh, sorry, if I go into Overcast, I really stick in Overcast until I'm done. So I'm more often looking at the Overcast app than the than necessarily even the watch face itself until such time as I'm I'm finished with my. Uh, finish with my podcast or want to go back to some different app mm. so my problem was that for some reason the uh, the overcast app on the watch couldn't pause overcast on the on the phone like they couldn't communicate between each other um, so i i went back to uh showing the audio controls uh when something is playing on the iphone and so i pause overcast from the now playing um complication in in the dock basically from the dock or just by raising my wrist really well whenever the iphone is playing i can just raise my wrist and the now playing widget is there and it and it works well i i don't know what was wrong with the overcast app and maybe i should try again yeah some sometimes i find with apple watch apps you have to just uninstall the app from the watch and reinstall it and <laughs> which, is, which is perfect right <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just to uninstall it yeah <laughs> yeah 
Um, but the nice thing about the now playing complication is that you can control the volume with the crown, yeah. which you can't do in the overcast app. Yeah. That's an API limitation. So, um, but I think Federico, that the the one thing that justifies the watch for me more than anything else is just the calendar, um, and having that on your wrist is so important for me because, uh, you know, as a teacher, my day is very very scheduled and structured because I have a timetable and I have to be at certain sure. rooms for certain classes, uh, and it also helps me kind of keep track of. Um, how long have I got left in this class and things like that? So I'll I'll use um, I'll use the timer a lot in class as well. Sometimes for timing the length of the class, but also sometimes just you know, okay, five minutes on this task. I'll set a, a timer on my watch for five minutes, and then we'll uh, we'll be done for that. And also just knowing what class comes next, what classroom I've got to be at next. Um, and the Siri face is actually probably the best way for me to do that. Um, because it shows you a sort of proce- a proceeding list of things that are going to happen during the day and it reminds me about other things that are going on in the school as well. So we have a school shared calendar and shared calendar items appear in the Siri face alongside your calendar as well. So it's, it's a really nice kind of dashboard for the day just right on your wrist. Yeah, I can imagine why the combination of calendar for you and the Siri watch face can be basically ideal for what you for the kind of work that you do. Um, I, I the Siri complica- the Siri um, watch face is one of those uh, features that I really want to use, but until mm-hmm. they open up to third parties, somehow it's uh, I don't want to say useless, but not as useful as it would be uh, if I were using a lot of Apple apps. Like if I were using Calendar a lot or Reminders mm-hmm. a lot, uh, I could see why that would be beneficial. And also, I was kind of put off by the first version uh, because every time, every time I, yeah. uh, so I, I was testing the Siri watch face, and every time I raised my wrist, all I could see because again. I didn't use calendar and reminders were basically photos suggested as memories. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to have memories on, on my wrist. It's just something that I see as functional, not as a uh, motivational, my watch. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, photo galleries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, it shows me cute pictures of my children from a year ago. I mean, so yeah. how, how can I not love that? But that I understand. Um, uh, some of the other things that I turned off, right, it, it nags you about exercise, which I don't want to see, and it nags you to breathe, which I can remember to do that myself. Um, <laughs> can <but> you? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually. <laughs> but it has actually pushed me a little bit into using Apple Reminders for, for more things. Uh, not for my big tasks and big projects, but for, for trivial things I need to remember, like don't forget to take this thing to school in the morning. It's great to see that, at, you know, if I set that for a 7.30 a.m. reminder, that actually shows up on my on the watch before the time of the reminder is due as well. So uh, it's, it's quite good for basic stuff like that. Um, of course, only focuses for the big stuff as well. What else is on your list? Apple Pay. Apple Pay is is huge in the UK. I don't know how well um, distributed it is for you in Italy, Federico. Well, not not here, too bad, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's almost everywhere. I, I think there's only one shop that I regularly go to uh, in the whole of the town that um, doesn't take Apple Pay. Now, sometimes it's a wee bit weird because uh, people are, are sort of bowled over by the fact that you're, you know, uh, paying with your watch. People are like, oh, you're from the future. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's like, I could do Apple Pay, but I'm kind of embarrassed to do it even still. Um, but it, that's that's kind of going away as more as more people use it. So it's not quite as weird as it used to be to use, to use Apple Pay. But um, I... I 
I have never used Apple Pay with my phone. I've only ever done it on the watch because Apple Pay was on the watch before Apple Pay was out in the UK. So uh, we always had the watch here first. So, um, But that's definitely how I do it. And it would be quite easy for me to basically never take my bank card anymore. And I would probably be okay for most things as long as I wasn't spending too much money in any one shop because there's, a, there's a, a purchase limit on Apple Pay. But I'm noticing in the UK that more and more places are taking that limit away. Uh, the limit's there for contactless cards. So if somebody steals your card, they can't spend £500. But if you're paying with Apple Pay, the limit will actually be significantly higher. So in a lot of petrol stations now, you can pay um, for your whole tank of fuel with Apple Pay. But if it was contactless, you could only spend £30. But a tank of fuel is more like £80 or £90 now uh, in the UK. So you can pay that whole lot with Apple Pay. So Apple Pay is getting even more widely accepted in the UK and, and trusted as well. So you can spend more with it too. Yeah, I wish... Um, I mean, the... the, the uh, the adoption of Apple Pay in Italy is not too bad, uh, but I I suffer a lot for not not that I suffer, but you know when I'm when I'm at the supermarket and I try to pay with Apple Pay, I get a bunch of questions all the time because the the watch is still not as mm, commonly commonly used as the iPhone, mm-hmm. and so of course when you when you try to pay with the watch. You, you you get a bunch of questions either from the cashier or some someone else waiting in line um and sometimes i, like I just want, don't want to talk to people <laughs> you know it's maybe you're having one of those days and it's like just leave me alone you know um yeah. and i i don't mind i don't mind actually explaining technology to to other folks but every single time it gets a bit annoying and i'm i'm finding that with the with the iPhone and even with the iPad, uh, this period of questions it was over in a couple of months. But with the watch, it seems yeah. to be lasting more and more, just because it's not as um, popular—not maybe popular, but just purchased. It's not so conspicuous, isn't it? You n- know? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the, the, there's the surpri- the surprise every time you I try Apple Pay on the watch, and it's like. Uh, maybe I'm just going to pay yeah. with my credit card. <laughs> I think Apple Pay is one of these things where that's one of the few things where you you sort of explicitly see people doing something with their Apple Watch, whereas most of the time you see somebody with an Apple Watch, they're just wearing the Apple Watch. Yeah, and yeah. You, may, you may notice it if they've got a brightly colored watch band on or something, but you don't really see people being very conspicuous about using the watch because they use it for such a short time, it's hard to observe. But the fact is, whenever you're in the shop, like everybody's watching you just wishing that you'd hurry up, you know, um, and, and you're the guy who's performing on the stage while everybody stands there and watches you do your purchase, um, which is something I don't really like very much either. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming a thing. I, I've used it a couple of times also for, um, uh, for like a boarding pass at the airport and things like that. You can do that in wallet on the watch as well. And that, that works pretty well. Um, except that some of the airport scanners, you can't fit your watch underneath them, yeah, particularly some of the UK airports have got that. So um, that's not been quite as big a thing. I tend to use that more on the on the phone, but yeah. um, definitely contactless Apple Pay is, is big. 
And of course, Surrey on the Series 3 Federico is huge as well. I think yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's probably the best Surrey there's ever been. I think it's better than the phone sometimes. Yeah, I'm using it a lot. Today, I today I called my mom and, and I, I was doing something and I didn't have my iPhone with me. And I thought, oh, now I gotta, gotta go inside because I, I was outside uh, playing with the dogs and I wanted to call my mom to ask her something. And then and I, and I thought, oh, now I gotta go inside and I gotta pick up my phone. And then I realized... You know, I could just ask Siri, and it's pretty good now uh, on mm-hmm. the new watch. And so I, uh, I invoked Siri with the command via voice, and I placed the phone call, and it was fine. And I'm using it more and more on the watch because it feels, it finally feels like an actual Siri uh, that is always yeah. with you, and t- it talks back, and it provides, you know, answers in, in just a few seconds, now, like 30 seconds, and you need to wait. I need to wait. And I'm going to tap you when I'm ready. <laughs> you know, that used nope. to be so awful, but now it's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. So, Federico, you get anything else on your list that's not um, not on my list? I think, uh, I think I have a few. I think I have a few. Uh, I don't know if you want to thank our friends at Eero, though, before I get into my list. We should definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. So, Eero is this... Uh, crazy new Wi-Fi system that is super cool. The idea is that you never think about Wi-Fi again. Eero have created a dream Wi-Fi setup, a fast, reliable connection throughout your house and even in the backyard. And now is the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. This is a a tri-band second generation model along with a thing called Eero Beacon, which lets you build a Wi-Fi system that's perfectly tailored to your home. The new second generation Eero includes a third 5 GHz radio, making it twice as fast as before. This lets you do more than ever. Whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface, just plug it into the wall with the included adapter and you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. The new Eero also includes a new thread radio, which lets you connect to low-power Internet of Things devices such as locks, doorbells and more. And Eero are also introducing this new Eero Beacon, where you just plug it into a wall, and that will expand coverage into any room. And you can add as many beacons as you want, as long as you have an Eero device somewhere in your house. And it includes a built-in LED nightlight with an ambient light sensor. There's an Eero app that lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, and you can create and share a guest network too. Eero customer support is amazing. You can get a call and get hold of a Wi-Fi expert in just 30 seconds. The new Eero system starts at $399, $399 for one second generation Eero and two beacons, and that's everything you need to get started. Listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the US or Canada when you head to Eero.com and use the promo code CANVAS. That's Eero.com and the promo code CANVAS for free overnight shipping. We thank Eero for their support of this show. So I don't use the calendar a lot. Uh, most of my calendar events are about podcasts that I need to record, and I think to I think to just keep that in mind. It's usually this always the same schedule and always the same times. So I don't depend on uh, a flexible schedule being available on my watch. I do use the watch a lot for notifications, uh, and those tend to be the ones that I actually reply to or act upon. They tend to be. Uh, 
from iMessage, uh, you know, because people send me, uh, they talk to me over iMessage and the message is up on the phone. I use it a lot and I like that I can scribble back a reply or just dictate it. It works pretty well. Or it's uh, email messages from Spark. Uh, Spark by Riddle, they have an excellent watch app. It lets you archive a message directly from the watch, which I appreciate because it means when I'm back on the iPhone or I'm, I'm back on the iPad, now my messages have already disappeared, which is perfect. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I, I used to have Overcast. I removed it because it was having these issues. Now maybe I'm going to try it again. I want to mention, uh, and of course Siri, uh, for timers, HomeKit, and calling my parents. Um, I want to mention two apps specifically. Actually, make that four. So double what okay. I thought. Um, <laughs> things, the complication, uh, it's, on my, uh, it's on my watch face. I like to have a short summary of the things that I'm supposed to do. And I like the fact that I can open the, the, the things watch app check things off, and when I'm back on the iPhone, uh, they, they sync to the phone and they're already gone. And it gives gives me that sense of um, sort of accomplishment. You know, they, they have these, um, uh, the, the developers of things, they adopted for the watch this ring um, visualize, visualization that kind of mimics what Apple is doing. So the more uh, you complete, the more you you sort of you feel the ring. And I think it works backwards. You count down to zero. Either way, there's a ring, which is okay. a common UI element on the watch, and it makes sense for the watch <laughs> app. Uh, I use, a, uh, especially on the Series 3, I use Shazam a lot. And of course, Apple bought Shazam. Uh, but you know, uh, every time there's a commercial with a cool song or there's a cool song in a movie or in a TV show, I just tap on the Shazam complication on the watch face, hold up my wrist with the watch towards the, the television, and it grabs the song and it syncs back to the iPhone and to my Spotify account. Uh, so that's that's pretty neat. Uh, always feels like the future every time. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the other app is Carrot Weather. Uh, I'm a big carrot weather person. I wasn't until the big version 4 that was released uh, a few months ago. The developer, Brian Mueller, uh, he added support for Weather Underground, which is the weather provider that I want to use. Uh, because there's okay. there's a family, Fraser, here in the street where I live. They These, these fine folks, who I don't know, but I want to thank them, they installed... Um, publicly available Netatmo weather station <laughs> that okay. everybody can use because they they uh, you, you can basically crowdsource um, not crowdsource you can make a weather station that you own available to other weather underground users so everybody can just if you want to have a, a sort of hyper local weather data you can just connect to their own weather station i don't know who these people are but thank you um, and current weather now it allows me to connect to that weather station, uh, so I can I can just say whenever I'm, uh, you know, in the radius of 500 meters of my house, use this weather station here, and it's perfect because I get super accurate weather forecasts and data from outside, which is useful. And on the watch now, uh, the latest update, version 4.3, you can, or 4.2, uh, anyway, one of uh, the, 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 the version before the one that came out this week, the, the developer added full customization of, of the Apple Watch app, which you can do from the iPhone. Like, imagine, like, just like Apple lets you customize the watch face, from uh, from the iPhone now, Carrot lets you customize the watch app from the iPhone app, 
and you sync back the changes, it's so convenient because it means you don't have to scroll or tap menus on the watch. You can just do it from the phone. And so you can put all the data slots that you want. You can customize those. It's super, super handy. Um, and I also want to want to call out our Workouts Plus Plus by our friend David Smith. Uh, it's it, this is like a supercharged version of the Apple Workout app, but it's also customizable. This is a I think a trend of uh, like the, the how third party developers are trying to differentiate their own apps from Apple's built-in ones. It's customization. It's all about giving you more options and allowing you to customize data, data slots, and the UI, all the the, the little items that you get on the watch to customize those from the iPhone. And Workouts Plus Plus lets you come up with your own layout when you're working out. You can see real-time heart rate data, which is a, a new API on the, on the watch. And it's, uh, it's basically like the workout app, but customized to my needs and to the things that I like to do and to see. And also you can play podcasts on the watch itself, <laughs> which is crazy. I know a few people that do that, like John, it, uh, or he's, he, he does that. He listens to podcasts while he's working out using Workouts++, plus plus, and it seems to be working quite well. Um, and finally, um, I actually talked about five apps. I thought it was going to be two. Uh, man, uh, <laughs> I use Autosleep. Autosleep is this, um, it's sort of sort of an app it's not really an application it can be you can install the auto sleep app on your watch but you you can actually just keep the auto sleep app on the iphone you sleep with your watch at night so you wear the watch in bed and you sleep with it use it as a sleep tracker and then even if you do not install a special app on the watch itself all your movements during the night and your heart rate the auto sleep app on the iPhone does some magic calculations and it calculates how how much you slept but also how you slept the quality of your sleep and of course your heart rate uh you know usually if you're healthy it should get really low not really but lower at night and it gives you that data for deep sleep light sleep restless sleep restful sleep and it, it does this just by analyzing the data returned by the watch and it's amazing <laughs> because you just need to you just need to wear the watch and then maybe in the morning in the morning when you're taking a shower or you're you know making breakfast you just put the 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 watch on a charger for 30 minutes 40 minutes and you're good to go and the battery on mm -hmm. the series 3 is great so uh this works pretty well for me yeah, I, I agree with you with that comment about the, the battery life on the Series 3. I, I usually put my watch on to charge at night with about 75% battery yeah, left. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really outstanding. So, yeah, I mean, it's quite practical to, to wear your watch 24 hours a day and charge it for half an hour. That, that would have worked absolutely fine, I'm sure. Yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, for something where we thought it was only good for workouts and notifications, we really are talking about quite a lot of different apps that we we get a lot of use out these days. Yeah, I think one one thing that I kind of feel the watch could do more of is is to work as a kind of um, identity token. I kind of mm. I'm looking for the day when the watch can unlock my house and can unlock my car and start my car and things like that and uh, I kind of feel that's the next thing for the watch it's pretty cool you can unlock your Mac with by wearing your watch as well that's something that is 
relatively, if you've got relatively modern Mac and the latest software, you can actually just sit down at your Mac and hit a button and the, and the Mac will unlock based on the fact you're wearing your watch nearby, which is really cool. But I think more of that would be would be super cool for the future of the watch. Yeah, uh, the, the the Mac unlocking stuff. I don't use my Mac a lot, but my, my girlfriend, she gave me her old um, 2015 MacBook Pro, which supports the Apple Watch Auto Unlock. And every time I open my Mac to open up Skype and call you or John or Mike, uh, I'm... I'm I'm happy because the audio unlock works. And it, again, it's one of those those things when you get used to it, but then you think about it like Shazam, and you're like, you know, technology can be pretty cool uh, when it works like this. It's all automatic, and it works, and you don't have to think about it. Cool. So do we want to... Ra- let's wrap up with a little discussion of watch faces. All right. What, what watch faces we like, and then we'll have a little talk about bands and accessories, yeah, and then yeah. we'll be okay. done for the year. So... Uh, very briefly, my my watch face preferences. I have three that I sort of switch between, and I do kind of switch between them. Like I've got a, a watch face for at work, and I've got watch faces for not at work. Uh, I've already mentioned the Surrey face being one of the big ones, and that's the one I use on a day when I've got a lot going on in my calendar. So that's kind of calendar orientated. I would use modular. I have some days in my week where I'm not teaching very much, but I've got a lot of work to do, uh, sort of administrative work in school. So I'll tend to use the modular face there, mostly configured with OmniFocus as the pr- as the primary uh, piece of information and then calendar sort of secondary to that. And then when I'm kind of off duty, if you like, I'll use the simple watch face with just a, a timer complication and the, uh, the overcast complication and, and just keep it nice and simple. Uh, just more using it more as a watch with a little bit of awareness going on in the side. So uh, I just, and I just quite freely flip between them. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll be using the Siri if I'm busy in the morning and then switch to modular later on. In watchOS 4, you can just use your finger to swipe between the screens uh, and you can actually have, it's quite practical to have multiple watch faces set up with um, slightly different versions of the information you want to see. And then, uh, and then you can just uh, flip between them from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I use the modular one because I, I um, again, I'm not a watch person. I don't have a, a fascination for classic watch look. So I just want information. Yeah, not into the Hermes screen or anything. No, like that, yeah. no, not at all. I, I just want <laughs> data. I just want information. I just want, and I use the multi multi color one because I like I like multiple colors. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes. When this usually happens, when we're celebrating someone's birthday and we're counting down to midnight, so I need to see seconds, uh, and Mm -hmm. I and I switch to the utility face because it lets me lets me count down more easily uh, to midnight uh, or the like. Usually, when it's a birthday or the new year or stuff like that, and you want to be precise with your countdown, um, Mm -hmm. I use the utility one. But basically, twice a year, yeah. So modular all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Modular is a classic one. I've used in the past, I've used modular with different configurations and then I would use a different color for each one of them. So oh, okay. before the Siri face came out, what I would do is I had a, a like a purple modular screen, which was my OmniFocus screen, and then I had a red one, which was my calendar, trying to kind of color code with those applications. So if it's purple, I'm looking at to-dos, and if it's red, I'm looking at calendar. Um, the Siri face has kind of replaced that a little bit, but that was one of my other techniques was to color code the screens as well so I could sort of see at a glance what I was looking at before I was, before I was reading the information. I could see that I was in to-dos or I was in calendar there. Oh, that's that's clever. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. 
Yeah, that was fun. Um, so let's wrap up. Uh, bands and accessories, Federico, are, are you a, a multi-band user? You, mm. Do you switch regularly or do you just... So what I do is most of the time I have a sport band and I switch colors. So I, currently mm-hmm. I have the, what's the name, pearl, uh, like the light gray one or sand, I don't fog? know. Fog? Fog, fog, fog yeah. you're right, fog. Yeah. It's the yeah, one. that's the one that comes with the Series with 2 watch, With the Series watch, 2 watch, yeah. 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 Um, I've got the same one from the same, okay. for so, the same reason, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right now I have that, but I, I switch between these and I have the, uh, the white one, I have a red one, and I have a Nike one. Uh, the okay. Ni- the Nike one I prefer in the summer because it feels like when it when it's warmer like it l- lets my screen breathe more, uh, and I mm-hmm. also have the nylon one which I think it's pretty good for the summer because it's uh, uh, it's very lightweight very comfortable. When I want to feel fancier, uh, I put on a leather loop band that my girlfriend brought me. Uh, it's it's really uh, it's it's really something for me to switch from the functional Apple Watch to the leather band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a uh, you know it was a very uh, very uh, kind gift, and and I, and I really like it uh, because when uh, you know when I'm dressing up, I'm going to a dinner party or I'm going to the restaurant. I like you know my watch to kind of reflect that. Um, but otherwise, I don't have the I don't have the more expensive Hermes bands. I don't have the steel ones, uh, and I honestly I tend to switch between the variations of the sport ones and the nylon one. I'm almost entirely a sport band guy. I have the fog one, as we mentioned. I have the white one. Um, I think that one came with my Series One Apple Watch. It came with a white band. Uh, and I have an orange one that I bought um, when orange was a colour. I don't know if you can still get that or not, but it's it's the orange rather than the red one that came out a while back. Um, in the past, I had a, a knockoff Milanese loop from Amazon, which was like £20, uh, back when I had a black watch. And that was great, actually, you know, to be honest with you. I, I tried the, the Milanese loop in the Apple Store, and I couldn't really tell much of a difference between that and the one that um, I got from Amazon for £20. And I got a leather loop from Amazon for about £10. The knockoff bands on, on Amazon are generally really quite good. I mean, price performance, right? But, you know, the, yeah. the Apple equivalents are like 10 times the price for, you know, 10% better quality, perhaps, or something like that. So um, I've got a couple of friends who wear Apple Watches, and some of them have got, like, sort of bracelet straps that have, from Amazon that have uh, not been very expensive compared to the Apple equivalents and so on. Um, there's a lot to be said for, for trying out bands from third parties because there was a lot of concern in the early days that they would get stuck in the slot and things, but people seem to have really figured out the mechanism um, and the, the third-party bands, I, I don't really know of many people who have had a problem with third-party bands, apart from, you know, the perhaps lower quality and durability, but then you are kind of paying for what you get kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's, it, they're definitely worth trying out. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed the the Milanese loop and the leather loop kind of knockoffs from Amazon, but I do like the Apple sport band. I've, I've tried sport bands from Amazon and they just feel a wee bit kind of greasy in my hand. I don't like them as much, but uh, the Apple sport band is... Is, is a really great design and I just love how it doesn't catch on anything. It's the first watch I've ever had that doesn't catch on things because it tucks inside. So, uh, really nice design overall. All right. I think that pretty much describes how we use our Apple Watches. That's it, you know, for, 
for a thing that people think is useless, it's really useful. So uh, <laughs> I, I imagine quite a few people listening might be uh, possibly getting an Apple Watch for Christmas. So hopefully uh, when you listen to this and then in a few days' time, you'll be able to actually put some of these ideas into practice, download some of these apps. We'll put links in the show notes to all of them. And if you get an Apple Watch for Christmas, we hope you enjoy it. So Federico, let's wrap up there. This is our last show for 2017. Yeah, it is. Um, just so so people know what's happening, we're going to take one show off. So we'll be back with you um, in the first couple of weeks of January. Um, but the show that is due, I think it's the uh, the 5th of January, we're going to take that one off and then we'll be back on schedule the, the show after that as well. Because I am going to London to see Hamilton with the girls. Oh, so Nice. Uh, I will have uh, not thrown away my shot in all that business and... Uh, hopefully clapped at the appropriate points and all that kind of thing. Um, hopefully my daughter will not sing it from now until then. She has <laughs> basically memorised every word. And the, the risk in my house now, Federico, is that if you accidentally say a single word from Hamilton, you'll get 20 minutes from Hamilton uh, performed impromptu um, at the dinner table. So okay. uh, you, you got to watch how you speak in this house now. So, But yeah, we're going to enjoy that down in London. It's just opening this week, I think. So uh, hopefully they'll get it right by the time we get there. So, Federico, let's leave it there. Um, I hope people have enjoyed this year on Canvas. We've certainly enjoyed doing it, and we really look forward to talking with you all next year.